here we are, powerful nonsenses. We are back with a vengeance. <laughs> like Die Hard. Is it two? Die Hard 2 or Die Hard 3? I'm not sure. I'm not with a vengeance. I don't know. I'm not a big guy. But we're back and with a vengeance. Minus Bruce Willis. <laughs> um, yeah, we've got a different type of episode for you today because I think two weeks ago now, by the time this episode has gone out, the the world lost a great a great one a great teacher a great teacher I'm just going to take this headset off one moment uh, yeah a great teacher um, in Dr Wayne Dyer which um, I was wondering like the the news actually didn't put out like many stories because my brother's been is a big fan of him as well and he was saying I'm surprised it weren't actually like on the news I guess is he I don't think he's he's mainstream enough for the news do you know what I mean which is a shame because actually. Most people will know his his work in like in some way, shape, or form. If that is just an Instagram quote, yeah, true. But I guess I guess really, Anthony Robbins is that sort of face that people kind of relate right, to, right? Exactly. But I think even if 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 Tony Robbins died, I don't certainly here. I don't think it would be big news. It's a shame. It is a shame. It is a shame. But we're doing the coverage for you. <laughs> we'll cover it. We will cover it. Um, we are two weeks behind because of our, the way we record our episodes um, because actually the day of recording it was only what last weekend I think he died um, <clears throat> but we're picking up two weeks later for a Dr Wayne Dyer special edition tribute, tribute episode tribute episode to Dr Wayne Dyer um, but we were we were discussing his actually how he died earlier weren't we yeah and I actually thought it was because of the leukemia that he had mm-hmm. And then we did a little bit more investigation and mm-hmm. actually found out they actually, um, the coroner's report said that he died of a heart attack. And, and he, more fascinating, he didn't have a trace of leukaemia in his body, apparently. Which is, like, like I think the, uh, the picture that went with that, that notice was like, it's a miracle. <laughs> yeah, which, because he, he was officially diagnosed with leukaemia, wasn't he? Yep. And the official coroner's report is heart attack, not a trace of leukaemia. Which is fascinating because uh, as the post... Uh, initially said um, that he believed that he could rid himself of leukemia um, with his own yeah, with his mind. But that's and... what that's what I was saying to my brother because I was I was having that discussion with my brother because he's always been a big believer that the mind sort of influences the body, mm-hmm. and and I thought oh it's it's a shame that he's gone through the thing that like people expected to kill him and come out the other and side. then actually come out the other side and it's kind of. Yeah, it, it wasn't that thing. So, it was, yeah, it's, it's amazing, really. Yeah. So, um, well done, Dr. Wayne Dyer, for ridding yourself of leukaemia. <laughs> Congratulations. In the other side. Um, but, so, we want to kind of go through some of, like, his quotes that resonate with us and we think will resonate with you, just to kind of pass on his message a little bit further to the next generation of Dr. Wayne Dyer followers. Yeah, or if you haven't ever picked up any of his books, you haven't looked at any of his work, he's got so many like videos on YouTube and stuff, and I think that that's inspirational to listen to mm-hmm. or just to read. And so maybe some of the quotes that we share today might just make you pick up the book and yeah, like help his memory live on and also his message. Mm. Excellent. So let's get on with quotes. So, Jem, I'll let you start. So the first one, I think it's probably one of the most popular ones. We've probably all heard it or seen it somewhere before, but it's it's the following... If you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. So true. <laughs> I I mean, I personally have learned this since we've been doing this podcast anyway. Um, <clears throat> it's one thing that, you know, when I started 
putting more value on time than on money, for example. Uh, that's when everything changed for me. Um, because it wasn't about how much money I had, but actually how much time am I spending getting that money. And actually, you know, we were having a conversation earlier about possible things that I could end up doing with my time. Um, and I said to you, if it's not if it's not valuable in terms of time, then it's not worth me doing. But you were like, yeah, but you could make more money. And I'm like, yeah, but actually the money isn't all that important to me right now because I've got enough money. I don't need more. Yes, it'd be nice to have more, but I don't need more. So where's the, where's the value in that? And I think when you start refocusing on, on anything, and not even necessarily time and money, but, but anything, like um, it's that thing of like cognitive bias. Um, if you start saying, if you start thinking to yourself, "Oh, there are no jobs out there," you won't get a job, because you'll automatically be like, "Well, there are no jobs out there, so what was it worth?" But you start saying, "Oh, there's plenty of jobs out there." Suddenly, all these opportunities are gonna come by. Yeah, totally. I think that was his 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 biggest message in everything he's ever said is is ultimately we create our thoughts, create our beliefs, and so he said that in any moment you you decide what you decide to believe, and obviously throughout a lot of his books is, is just the ways that just to reassess why you think certain th- ways about th- um, the things you think about and just by tweaking those things or questioning why you have those held beliefs you can actually change things on a, a massive scale he talks about health it's like or well, even one of his talks says like people say oh I'm just not the sporty type but just that by having that belief you've already put yourself in a predicament where you're you're unlikely to go and be sporty and yeah I think it's just such a powerful message that you need to question why you hold these certain beliefs and maybe why they're kind of holding you back in in things that you want to pursue Mm. um this is another quote here that i think actually really struck a chord with me and i think it's i'm gonna get a little bit um soapboxy on this one but i think he he really hit the nail on the head which is um when he said the highest form of ignorance is when you reject something you don't know anything about and i actually think that as a society, we have a real epidemic of this at the moment. There are so many people that... Well, for example, clickbait <laughs> on, on the internet. How many times do you see people spouting their opinion on something, rejecting something, um, because they've just read a headline <laughs> and gone, this is wrong! And it's like, yeah, but have you read the details? Because I don't think you have. Because I have, and <laughs> what you're saying is not even true. Um, so that one's really struck a chord with me. I don't know if it's just me, because I picked this quote, <laughs> but I was like, this is so true right now. Yeah, so it, it, it can totally apply to that, but again, it can go on that whole deeper level. Is again, having those irrational beliefs for yourself, mm. you're, you're rejecting a lot of people, what he talks about, are rejecting a lot of things that they're capable of based on an assumption that they have no idea about. So it was like funny yesterday, I was having like a conversation with my mum, and she was like, oh... I was like, oh, you should go to like an art gallery or something. And she was like, well, actually, I'm not the art, I'm not the arty kind of person. It's not my thing. Oh, and so then, so and then in that in that conversation, I was like, well, let me question you a little bit further. And I was like, well, when was the last time, or when did you go to an art gallery? And she says, well, I haven't been in years, and I can't even remember the last time I went. And then I was saying to her, well, then what you're basing your opinion on the fact that you don't like art galleries is based on zero evidence mm-hmm. because you haven't actually been to one in however many years mm-hmm. since you were a child and and then she actually was like oh do you know what actually she goes oh, i remember when i went with my school i really enjoyed that and i said oh so you actually have an experience where you enjoyed an art gallery 
but some reason you now have this irrational belief that you don't like art galleries. And so I think that's the really important message that he sort of says is that people say, oh, I'm, I'm not the entrepreneurial type. I'm, I'm, I don't like risk taking. I, I've never been good at running. I've I, And all of these things, when you actually look back at them and you really try to back them up with some sort of evidence, a lot of the time there's no evidence there or you... And I think that's the problem. And that's what he was trying to get through to people is that a lot of these things that you think you can't do, you, you, you're you ignorant, but you're rejecting yourself in a lot of the ways because you haven't actually got the truth there. And nobody's good at anything. Like, no one can be good at something they haven't tried enough. So it's yeah. kind of like, yeah, just kind of you're ignorant if you have a thought or at least question your thought and find out where that comes from. And a lot of the time it's, not, it's probably not true. Mm. So, yeah, it applies to what you said, but I think also on a deeper level like that. Yeah, that's true. So where do you think that sort of irrational belief comes from in terms of... For example, using your mum as an example with the art gallery, where do you think that that would have come from? I think it's lots of things, really. I mean, like it could a lot. Of, a lot of it comes from family. A lot of it comes from the way you, what you do. If you're somebody that's gone 30, 40 years of your life never going to an art gallery, it's kind of easy to make the assumption that mm. you're not somebody who enjoys art galleries. But it's because you haven't kind of put your mind frame in that in that position to experience it. But at the same time, it's 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 a, it's a safety thing. It's like, well, what if I go to an art gallery and I study, start enjoying art, and I start getting arty? Or I think there's lots of reasons for why people do it. But ultimately, what Wayne Dyer says is, you have that choice. Just because you, it's, uh, he likes to say, like, don't try to sort of define define things or define yourself so much. Because as soon as you define, I, I'm not the artistic kind of t- person, mm-hmm. you instantly create that because you put into your mind and you're rehearsing that over and over again that you're not the creative type and so you can't create art or you're mm-hmm. you're more of a uh, you're more of a thinker you're more a mathematician you you you've created that the person who says I'm oh I'm really good um, at, with numbers but I'm not so good at x mm-hmm. you've just held that belief and that's what he's saying it's just trying to yeah don't try to rigidly define yourself because uh, your thoughts will create your reality yeah it's it's true as well i suppose you you end up locking yourself out of so many great experiences as well i mean I'm awful for it. I always have been awful for it. But, for example, someone was saying, oh, you really need to watch Theory of Everything with um, Eddie Redmayne in, um, about Stephen Hawking. So I was like, yeah, but... I mean, it doesn't really appeal to me. And they were like, yeah, but it's an amazing film. I was like, yeah, but, you know, that sort of... I don't really care. And they were like, yeah, but it's an amazing film. I'm like, well... Maybe one day I'll watch it, but I'm really... Yeah, I don't really... but. It's so easy to do, to just kind of block yourself off from those good experiences. Um, it's so easy to do, and I'm definitely prone to doing it. Yeah, but I think everybody is. But I think you just got to pick yourself up on it. Like, where's that come from? Where what you created it somewhere along the line that you said that I only exp- I only like to watch this X kind of genre. And this, I just think it's something that people need to kind of get used to challenging often and i think that's what he says like just really really challenge what why you think about something and at, at the end of the day if that thought is productive for you okay so you don't waste your time watching certain films that you think you won't like fair enough but if that's that thought is irrational it actually stops you going for the things that you want to do then it's definitely worth challenging it well it's completely irrational from my perspective because he won an oscar <laughs> so i should be watching that going what did he do i should be analyzing it but because this because the story doesn't really appeal to me because it's not my sort of film which but, I, but, I use that phrase that's not my sort of film i totally but even that it's like you're judging something you haven't experienced you haven't experienced the story you haven't experienced the acting so it's based on no actual real knowledge mm-hmm. yeah so, that's yeah. true cool let's move on to another quote yeah why not 
this one is quite good. Um, being creative means trusting your purpose. And mm. I like that one because I think what a lot of, um, what um, if you look at Dr. Wayne Dyer's sort of story, is that like as soon as he started um, going into talking, I mean, you can go back and listen to his whole journey of when he was like in foster care and helping people. But it's actually like he said that once he started sort of trusting his purpose, he, he sort of became creative and it became like a, a part of him. And it, it, it kind of felt like it just flowed naturally and he, he really enjoyed that mm-hmm. sort of aspect to it. And I think, I think yeah, a lot of the time, like when you're, when you're creative and when you're doing things, it actually, you're doing the thing that feels right. Like when we podcast, yeah. we enjoy it. It feels, it's, there's a reason why we keep being drawn back to carry on doing it and exploring ourselves and exploring these ideas that we're talking about. And I think that's the problem. A lot of people are afraid to sort of tap into that that part of them that knows what they enjoy the most. But mm-hmm. and so they kind of reject their creativity because, yeah, they just don't tap into it. But but I do believe that, well, like you said in that quote, once you can tap in, that's it. You'll become a creative person and you'll you'll explore yourself and you explore that thing that you're really passionate about. Yeah, I agree. And I think even just as someone that's explored the creative process anyway, um, on a regular basis. Um, quite often the creative process is best served when you just you just do don't discuss it don't think about it just just do just take action and move forward and that's often when the most creative moments come through to fruition because you're not thinking about it you're not overthinking it and you're just trusting in what's going to happen and sometimes yeah you'll trust in what's going to happen and what you'll produce is shit <laughs> yeah, <it falls> flat, <laughs> that's yeah. fine um but then equally just as often in fact probably i'd say more often there's something in there that you can recycle and reuse and and put into the next iteration. I mean, if you look at most products as well, most successful products, they haven't started out as a perfect product. They've had missing features. They've not been completely well designed, but they've put the product out there. It works. It does what it's supposed to do. And then they've gone, right, what worked? Let's do that in the next version. What didn't work? Okay, we'll get rid of that. Um, And I think the creative process in general is all about just trusting with what's going to happen and just doing it. Yeah, and I think once you sort of tapped into that purpose as well, like it kind of, um, like it kind of stops all the things that kind of usually hold you back, like the judgment. Will this be accepted? Will this be wrong? It goes out of the way because you're kind of living the thing. You're just living through that purpose, and it's it's just it, yeah, it's just coming out of you. So that actually, you're all the things that will normally reject what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You just you're like, well, I think he kind of says in his um, another sort of popular phrase he used about like if you squeeze an orange, what comes out of it? And it's it's the juice, it's the yeah. orange juice. It's not grapefruit juice. It's not any. It's not grape juice. It's not all these different fruit juices. It's actual orange juice, and it's kind of like he says like if, if I squeeze Wayne, what comes out of Wayne? If mm-hmm. I squeeze Jim, what comes out of him? That's your purpose. That's the thing that you do. And I yeah. think that's ultimately what he's saying by when you do that that's when that creative force will really come out and i think that also applies i think he's he's used that uh, analogy many many different times because i kept seeing a different version of the quote coming up and he's basically saying you know when you're squeezed what comes out and i think what that's it's in itself is saying is when you're put under pressure the way you react to that pressure that's who you are mm-hmm. in the same way just kind of segueing onto that that quote a little bit and i think that's so true like when we when we're working under pressure um or when we're put under pressure that's when all of your insecurities come out that's when you say things that you didn't really your social feed filter turns off mm-hmm. you stop worrying about what other people think and you just say what you're going to say okay sometimes because you are under pressure you're on defensive mode so you might say things that are going to upset people um but it's how you handle that pressure and how you handle that stress which really shows who you are, I think. Definitely. So I think we need to 
take a little break. Why not? Because we're halfway through the episode already. I can't believe that. That's come around really quick. But those keen-eared people will know that we now have a sponsor on board. Yippee! Um, We've had them on for a few weeks. It's been in the pipeline for a while. We're really, 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 really happy that they've gone. So thank you to the University of Northampton for sponsoring the episode. And why are they a good fit, Gem? Why are they a good fit? Well, we did go there. We did go to university. Yes, we did. We did go to Northampton University. And also just that they, they are leading in. They really want to push to become a business school that helps like mm-hmm. um, students to become entrepreneurial in their way of thinking, not mm-hmm. just thinking about being employed, but actually creating things for themselves. And um, yeah, we're just so happy that they want to support what we're doing. They're helping mm-hmm. us carry on produce this show. They, they are backing us. Yeah. And um, it's great. They approached <laughs> us about sponsorship as well. I mean, mm-hmm. we kind of... I kind of sent them an email going, this is what we're doing at the moment. And uh, they were like, oh, let's sponsor you because we love what you're saying. So that was a great little ego boost for us. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, to all the freshers out there, uh, enjoy your freshers week because I believe it is freshers week this week. So enjoy freshers week. Don't get too drunk. No, who am I kidding? Get (laughs) get absolutely lashed. (laughs) But turn up. The next day. One, mem- one memory I have of our Freshers' Week was um, when it was the school disco, and all I remember is you wearing your, the graduation hat and <laughs> you being on my back, and I'm piggybacking yeah. you to the SU. Do you know what? I think there's a picture of that on Facebook somewhere. I think there is. I might see if I can dig that out and put Let's not dig up Freshers' Week, <laughs> wherever it was, 20. Uh, when was that? What year? Uh, 2008. Damn. God, I feel old. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Uh, I think we can segue quite nicely into uh, this ego quote from <laughs> Wayne Dyer. Why ego not? is simply an idea of who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think so many people are so wor- so protective over their ego <laughs> and so that they can't be offended. But it kind of comes back to that thing that we always say. If you challenge someone's ego, that's when you're going to get a really defensive person. Yeah, I think because it's human nature. I think ego's kind of tied, obviously, with identity. And a lot of the time, people hold on to their thoughts and their beliefs because it gives them sort of a, a clarity to who they are, their, their belief in who they are and how they react. And I think, like like Dr. Wayne Dyer says, and it kind of relates to all the other quotes we spoke about, is like, you've chosen the thoughts and beliefs, oh, I'm... I'm the kind of guy that creates a podcast. I'm the kind of guy that keeps fit. I'm the kind of girl that enjoys whatever you enjoy. And I think that's what he's kind of saying is like your ego is only you've created. It's the idea of who you are. It doesn't mean it's strictly stuck in any kind of way. And a lot of the time we talk about entrepreneurship being that sort of self-development. And I think that's what's great about it. It's just that it doesn't entrepreneurship doesn't force you to stay sort of like rigid in one role as a person it's actually making sure that every week every day you're constantly kind of growing changing you're listening to new things you're kind of carving out this ego or this identity for yourself on a regular basis and you're you're adapting and I think that's what's amazing about it and I think what he's saying there is just to kind of if if your ego your identity is holding you back you also have the ability to change those ways of thinking um a lot of the time he says when people say oh i'm just not good at remembering names he's like well you, that's a choice you've decided not to be good at remembering mm-hmm. names but actually if you really wanted to when you meet someone you could make it a, an, an effort and actually put the time in to remember that person's name so it's never stuck in it's never stuck in one way and yeah that's like what we want to push with the show is why we believe that entrepreneurship can be such a great thing for people because mm. it's a constant challenging of your ego it's always breaking down those ego beliefs and and re- rebuilding new sort of 
positive identity habits really oh absolutely in fact i remember a conversation i had with someone before i started down the entrepreneurial path proper um which was a conversation of just like oh maybe you should try this and i'm like oh well i've tried that and that hasn't worked for me and i've tried this and that hasn't worked for me maybe i'm just not very good at doing whatever x was at the time and and now instead of kind of having that mindset it's very much kind of like okay well how can i try and improve that particular negative trait that I seem to have or that negative belief that I seem to have um, and I think entrepreneurship and, and to all you listeners out there I think you, you'll know particularly the regular listeners just how much of a journey it actually is and just you know how how that entrepreneurial journey will just break you down break all those negative beliefs down and build them back up and then eventually you, you know there will be some that you go okay yeah I'm really not that sort of person at all there will be some times where that will happen I think quite genuinely um but that's not to say that you won't have still made improvement in that area anyway. Yeah, but he's just sort of saying you're, you're not stuck in which way. You're all, even if you do fail 20, 30 times, there's no, there's who says that the next year you figure it out or it doesn't matter. Oh, like true. it's, you're never just, okay, I can't do that. It's just, okay, maybe you just need to focus on it a little more and push it as, as a bit of effort, really. I just think, yeah, don't get sort of stuck thinking, don't get stuck in the idea of who you are. Like it is changeable. Mm-hmm. Okay, another sort of quote that I it really stands out for me, it's a bit different actually, is that, um, but I think it really relates, is that no one is capable to make you upset without your consent. Mm-hmm. And I really like this one as well, because I think in terms of entrepreneurship, what happens is a lot of the time is that usually it's the outside, we've, we've spoke about this before, it's like a lot of external forces that kind of make you, hold you back from doing the things you want to do, like, oh, my parents won't be happy if I go and start business rather than get maybe like go into normal employment it seems more risky or a partner thinks okay what you're doing you can't leave your job to then go become an entrepreneur and like even with the podcast I thought like oh my god how am I gonna go tell my dad that I'm doing a podcast or tell someone that I'm doing they must think I'm crazy or I've lost my mind and what what's going on there and I think the, the truth is like none of those beliefs that are there are, are, are that person's belief they're not my dad's belief they're not your mum's belief they're not your uncle's belief whoever you think might be judging you at, at the end of the day you've you've created that belief in your head that if you do x everybody else might think y and so i think that's really really important thing to know is that a lot of the time you're the one making yourself upset with what you're believing and a lot of time it might not even be true maybe you do believe it and all right your parents think about it think okay you shouldn't be going down this sort of entrepreneurial endeavor it's, it's risky it's not good for you but again that's their choice you can then decide okay my parents aren't happy that makes you can decide whether that makes you upset or not and that's mm-hmm. why i think you can decide actually you know that motivates me that makes me want to prove them wrong it makes me hungry to go and do to succeed in what i want to do but mm-hmm. at the end of the day you're the one that chooses how that re- how that reaction is taken in really yeah absolutely i mean i spent most of my teenage years caring too much about what other people thought um and i would get really really upset and in fact a lot of my my emotional issues came from the fact that i was worried too much about what other people thought and the big change for me in in my personality and my mindset about everything um is i I just remember waking up one morning going why do i even care so much why do I care so much? And then, ever since then, I've been a little shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what you think, Jem. I don't care. Yeah, but I think going into like a career that you want to do, like acting, mm. I think you have to be oh. like that's a massive thing that you can't be like get threatened by what other people believe because I think anybody that says <laughs> number one, I think if you're saying you want to be an actor, 
instantly people the f- i think literally acting is probably the worst one that as soon as you say actor mm-hmm. people are already trying to like doubt you straight away well, like they're trying or, to they're trying to talk you out of it like you didn't <laughs> it's, it's not so much it's not so much that i th- i think it's not so much people want to talk you out of it it's more the fact but it does seem to be like the first thing people say well the first th- the first question you'll be asked is so what have you been in mhm and it's like then I have to go, oh, well, nothing that you'll have seen. <laughs> I've been in stuff, but nothing that you'll have seen. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I would never have survived in this career if I'd still went through the sort of frame of mind of, I hope everybody likes me. Um, because you can't be all things to all people anyway. Let's yeah. be honest. And I know there are some listeners out there that are like, yeah, I don't like Wayne. I was like, I don't care. <laughs> Wayne's still getting over some of his... Uh... I'm I'm totally secure in in how I feel and and I don't care what anybody thinks so long as I love me I love me. Back to the ego. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, there's one of the quotes here. This is probably the one that resonated with me the most. Is it's never crowded along the extra mile. I love that one because it's that it's just that that it's a rephrasing of. If it was easy, everyone would do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, I look at, you know, going back to, to my career, like my, my fledgling career. <laughs> you know, there that are, seedling of a career. <laughs> yeah. You know, there are, there are some actors that have already gone, no, this isn't for me. And that's not a bad thing. It might not be for you. Um, but, it's, but then the, the more and more people go, no, I'm not, I'm not willing to push even harder the more people are going to back out. And I think this is true for everything. And the longer you stick at it, the longer you push, the harder you work, the more you turn up, the more frequently you turn up, the more value you provide, the less and less competition you're going to have. Yeah, it's like a sort of a, a marathon runner or if there, was a, if there was a run that never ended, it's the guy mm. that's still running and still going. He's looking behind him and seeing people drop out, people faint, people yeah, can't run anymore and they kind of drop out. And I think that's the thing. But in the same breath, going back to when we were talking about purpose, the person who who is loving what they're doing, like and if you if you feel you're an actor, that's what you do at your core, you just don't stop it. It's just mm. like breathing. It's like you're connected to it. And it doesn't mean that that might not change. Like it, your passions can change over time. But once you're connected to something that feels right and feels like a purpose, it's like it's just a continuous. Whereas you get the people who say, well, and this will be an episode that will be going out. Like what, why um, why do you, like, you want to become an entrepreneur? Like if you're doing it for the wrong reasons, you're not going to be able to run as long as the person who's doing it. Uh, and they're just like, well, this is me. And as as much as I breathe, this is what I do. Mm. And so that's why when you're connected to that purpose, which Wayne Dyer talks about, it just flows out of you. Don't it's not a challenge because it's like, well, even if I'm not successful in the how people might judge me, like by what film I'm am or not in, how they how they're rating me, but I'm just going to keep doing this because this is who I am. And I think that's that's what you say there. Like that extra mile is because of the people who are sort of connected to that purpose will just keep going. Mm. And if you look at some of the things that Wayne Dyer did to get his purpose, to get his career off the ground, you can see that's a person that just would not stop, like relentless and believe that, yeah, I want to do this. This feels right. This connects with who I am. And therefore, I'm just going to keep doing it until... And I'm sure he didn't even go there to chase the success. He just wanted to change lives and that was him living through his purpose. Mm. So we're going to have to start wrapping up in a minute. Mm-hmm. Is there any particular quote, Gem, that you really, really wanted to bring up that we haven't yet talked about? Um, there's one short one. I think this was like a highlight I took from one of my books and it just really stood out for me. And I think it's kind of 
what I really hope this podcast or what we're doing is 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 saying to listeners and and this quote goes just make yourself available for success mm. and I think that that's the problem I think too much of like like too many um things in our life sort of hold us back from being available for success maybe it's making sure you pay the bills maybe it's making sure you please your parents making sure um you you, you fit in with the rest of the society doing the same things and I think a lot of people kind of know underneath really what they'd love to be doing mm. but they're so busy doing mundane things or things that take them away from thinking about it or things that just kind of cover cover up like put the put the mud on top of what you want to do and I think sometimes people know what they want to do and I just think that you just need to make yourself more available for it whether that means yeah. just doing it on the side or just kind of moving things around we spoke about this mm. a lot but it's just making yourself available and you know what you want to do to just how you can rearrange that to so yeah. so that you can actually pursue that. Yeah, decide what it is. Decide what success is for you and then build your life around that. Not building your life around earning as much money as possible unless that is what success is for you. But actually, I think when you break it down, like what do you need that money for? You'll probably find money is not your measure of success. It's something else. Yeah, and I do think success is one of those words which, I mean, success to me is different to, to you. Mm, absolutely. And so you've got to find out what your personal success is. And I think it's not like, it's not a it's not a goal. There's not a point mm. where you say, I am successful. I think success is probably like a daily habit. It's a daily thing that you feel in yourself. And I think that is if you're working towards something you enjoy, you constantly feel successful because you're, you're doing things on purpose. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I just think a lot of people know what they want to be doing, but they just need to tap into that. So that's the end of our Wayne Dyer special. And we did have loads more to talk about. Loads of quotes. But to be honest, if you, you know Wayne Dyer, if you Google Wayne Dyer quotes, you'll probably find that there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of quotes, which it shows how much of an important man he was, really, and how people really resonate with what he has to say. Absolutely. The coolest Wayne you'll know. Uh, uh, second cool, sorry, second coolest Wayne you'll know. Um. Debatable. <laughs> um, so we'd love some iTunes reviews we haven't had any for a while we'd really appreciate them really helps put the show out there if you're a Wayne Dyer fan as well share this episode we'll really appreciate it um, and if you want to play with us between shows hit us up on Instagram Gem's in control of that you'll see everything he's been eating for the last year of his life um, every meal live feed it's, it's, it'll make you hungry um, so follow us on Instagram PM no, no that's the Twitter one powerful Sorry. underscore nonsense yes. I don't do much for the Instagram, so I leave that to Jeff. So, thanks for tuning in, and we will catch you next time. See you later. <laughs>